You're listening to The Droidcast, a dog and pup production starring Roger and Tristan. Each week, this father and son team brings you news, interviews, and information about Star Wars The Old Republic. Hello and welcome to the Droidcast. This is Roger Andrus and coming to you on Monday, the 9th of April. I just realized listening to the intro too, it says every week, we should probably change that to whenever the hell we want. Because <laughs> yeah. it hasn't exactly been every week, but that's all right. It, it depends on also what news is out there. And there are a lot of other podcasts that, that go into the hardcore news and all the news. And I know that not everybody wants to rehash or hear everything all over again. So it's, it's, we put our little spin on, on the news and what's going on in game for us. So. So it doesn't necessarily have to be every single week, but we will try to be a little bit better. This has been actually an interesting week because we were kind of excited for a little bit and then we kind of, oh, not so excited, but now it's like, oh, okay, well, a little excited still. And that's because there was a uh, a leaked rumor that 1.2 was going to be landing on the 10th, which would have been awesome. Would have been tomorrow. That would have been fantastic. Oh, and so cool. (laughs) And that's because it showed up on the, their site, on Star Wars' site. It was uh, nabbed up there. I can't remember who took the, uh, the information, but anyways, it showed up there first and it was as a uh, Tor Wars reported on it. The uh, in an announcement about Novera Coast, they said that it was going to be coming out on the tenth of April, and the tenth of April, of course, or uh, Novera Coast, of course, is part of one point two. So it stood to reason that hey, that means the release date is on the tenth. But then uh, later on, J- Joveth Gonzalez uh, twittered, or was it on Twitter or on the site? I can't remember. I think it was on the site actually said that just to confirm that we are not going to be deploying game update 1.2 on Tuesday. This was a minor text error that has since been corrected, blah, blah, blah. Now, that being said, though, there was still another little hint that was dropped, and that was during PAX, PAX East, which just occurred. And this came from uh, James Olin, who actually said, we have our update 1.2 coming in the next week. And then after that, it's going to continue to roll out month after month. It's exciting. So obviously, it's coming out damn soon in terms of the next week that uh, that means it could potentially drop this week or next week which Uh, is awesome it's about time at this point what's happening too is that as a lot of people have noticed in their guilds there's a lot of people who just aren't logging in and are waiting for 1.2 the people who are um, more interested in progression of their max level characters are looking forward to 1.2. And granted, everybody, even Altaholics, are looking forward to 1.2 because it will have all of the, not all, but a bunch of legacy updates, which are fantastic for those Altaholics like us. But we've been playing regardless and enjoying everything that we, you know, because it takes forever to complete everything in the game. So we're still nowhere near done. But again, those people who were just interested in the end game content and some changes, it will bring them back in. So we will see servers being more populated. So that's going to be nice. You don't think so? It'll be nice to have more people, but... (laughs) But you don't care. (laughs) 
Less people, more mobs. Well, I don't know about that. It it will be nice to have more. Plus, with all of the free weekends that they've been doing, too, we have been seeing some increases in activity on the realms, which is always nice. And I'm hoping that, again, with 1.2, we'll be seeing some some large increases because we need to get more people playing this game so that the guilds can be larger and things like that, and and you can accomplish more. There was a guild of 1,000. Over 1,000, they were saying, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 just insanity. That's just <laughs> absolutely. There are more less people on each planet for the most part on our guild. Yeah, our guild is uh, yeah. is pitiful, absolutely pitiful. Now, sticking with James Olin and uh, with Paxis, we got some information um, from the panels that they had at Paxis, as well as some interviews. Uh, Ten Ton Hammer actually had an interview with James Olin about what is going on right now and what we can expect that had some interesting little tidbits. Now, of course, they did talk about Legacy, and what was interesting was hearing James Olin talking about Legacy and their plans for Now, they've got a lot of plans, and we already knew this to a certain degree. They have a lot of plans for Legacy lasting. Well, his he was saying they've got plans up until the end of the year for Legacy. They've already got uh, Game Update 3 with a whole bunch of quote-unquote new features, and they've also got information in Update 4 with what he called a special Legacy System surprise, which that should be interesting. Um, so they are planning ahead, but what he also said was they're going to be watching how much people are using what they put in via legacy, and that's going to determine how much of their resources they're going to continue to pour into it as well. If people aren't using it, they're just not going to be putting as many resources into it. Now that's both good and bad. I mean, it's good because they are watching what the fans are doing, uh, case in case, a case in point, um, such as what they're doing with pvp right now which i'll get into a little bit in in a little bit um but then it's not great because again if you are in the minority that loves this this system well you're not necessarily going to be getting as much of it as you would like so they're not catering to everyone per se they're catering to what the majority want which again is not a bad thing it just might mean that you're not necessarily getting as much as you want so i'm really hoping that the legacy system will be something that the majority of the players are really interested in and use because i know that i am (laughs) i know that we both are yeah i hope that a ton of people love that thing because it is Awesome. All right. So in terms of the PvP, what he was saying is that they had not been anticipating that there would be as many people doing PvP as there are because they've made it accessible for everyone, regardless of your level, um, once you hit to 10, of course, and because they've made it so that it's fairly balanced depending on, again, well, they're, they're still tweaking classes and things like that. But overall, I mean, it's it's still... It's still fairly balanced. Of course, some classes do far better than others. But, I mean, overall, you can still get in there and do pretty good damage and have a lot of fun still, regardless of your class. And I know because I've tried damn near every single one of them, and I've had fun in them. Some, again, you will get spanked by some classes, but that's how it goes in any game. There's always some classes better than others. But anyways, he was talking again about how they are now pouring a lot more resources into PvP because of the interest. They've had to increase the size of their team so that they can implement more things for that. And he was mentioning, of course, across server war zones, which they are going to be um, working on and 
making it so that you're not queued as long, you don't have to worry, and basically anybody can get in at any time. So that is that is good. And then he was, uh, the question did come up about allowing us to select which war zone that we want to go into and whether or not that's going to be a feature that they, they add. And he talked his way right around that and certainly made it seem as if that's not something that's coming through. They care more about expediting your queue time than actually allowing you to choose, which is fairly disappointing. Um, if you look at WoW as the obvious example with their battlegrounds, we're not even going to go into their arenas and whatnot, but for their battlegrounds, you get to decide what you want to do with your time. I prefer that. Not everybody wants to play Hutball. So then make it so that people can just choose what they want to play. I'm I'm surprised that they won't allow that. I'm surprised that that's not something that he would say, yes, we're working on that, that'll be in there. Because it's, quite frankly, it seems idiotic not to allow people to choose how they want to spend their time in the game. Yeah, because I really like some of them, but like Hutball even, I'm not as crazy about Hutball as like the turret one that goes on. I really like Alderaan. that, so... yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And especially introducing, as they're going to be introducing more PvP, um, like Novaricos, and there's going to be more down the line, I want to be able to choose what I want to do, especially once they introduce cross-server queuing, then there's going to be a lot more people queuing up for all of them. So allow us to pick which one we want to do. Yeah, like if the new things come out and it takes 10 pvp rounds until you actually get to see the new one that's not good it's yeah no i agree now something else that isn't a focus for them right now are mini games which was brought up they are much more interested in group finder which is not going to be in 1.2 and with legacy so they are prioritizing what they feel are is important what's funny is that again going back to wow which again i'm i'm not trying to make a straight comparison because again one's been around a lot longer is far more refined and and this and that however there are obviously going to be some comparison and what's funny is that when you look at wow now um, damn near eight years later you know it is come to the point where it is so refined in so many aspects of its gameplay and everything else that it is now able to add things like the mini games. So we've already gotten some added. Um, I say we, but I'm actually I don't have a <laughs> subscription going right now. But they they have some mini games in there, and with the next big update, which is their update five, which is going to be the Miss of Pandaria, there are going to be even more. Like of course the Pokemon battling with your pets, which I don't care what people say. I think that's freaking awesome. <laughs> I would love to see something like that in Star Wars where you can make your droid mini pets or your Tauntaun fight for you. That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. And again, the the Pazak and the Sabak and things like that. So mini games aren't focused. They are going to be coming in. I really am hoping that they will actually push that a little harder and get that out because it is going to give people something to do in the game. You it's been proven, especially as of late with mobile phone gaming and tablet gaming and all that, that there has been a huge shift in casual gaming. People like casual games a lot. So put them in your MMOs so that people can do them. I, yeah, think I just hope it doesn't take eight years like yeah, with, uh, yeah. until they put it in. That, that would not. 
be good. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing that they don't want to be talking about is the freaking space combat. They keep talking around this saying, oh, there's something big planned, but they're not telling us what it is. And I'm at a point now where it's like, listen, buddy, <laughs> you've already told us tons of news about all of these other things that you're working on. What is the big secret with space combat? It can't be that massive a change, sweeping change that it's worth this. I mean, just tell us for crying out loud, what's going on? We just want to know be, and we want to look forward to what's coming out. I think that, again, They've proven that it's far better to have people on that the carrot and the stick where they can see what's coming up and be excited for it than just, oh, there's a big surprise. That doesn't work as well. Show us what's coming. We want to know. I hope some really big thing is coming up, but that's what they're saying, but you don't get anything of what's actually coming up here. And and it's one of the things that again a lot of people are very excited enjoy space combat and so everybody else is getting news about the upcoming changes to the aspects of the game that they enjoy and yet for space combat nope not at all you don't get to find out anything about what's coming up which is fairly disappointing because really it does need some enhancement it does need new maps it does need different things so I I would really like to know what's going on. Now, something else that, again, good at talking their way around, they he talked about, he was asked about the cross-server group finder. Now, this is something that even we talked to the... Um, to the uh, community manager about when we talked to um, uh, Stephen Reed. And, again, use the example of due to bad manners, quote-unquote, and states, quote, if group finder and server transfers don't work out, then we'll re-examine how our fan base reacts. They don't want to put in a cross-server group finder because they feel that people will be far too um, ready to, again, use bad manners and be idiots but then saying that using as an example of what can remedy that will be the um the group finder local per server and server transfers so basically at instead of giving us tools to uh, be able to queue up for using a global group finder. They're going to restrict us, but then use a pay-to-use function because there's no way in hell server transfers are going to be free. So use this pay-to-use function as a means of remedying that. I think that sucks. The folks are already paying 15 bucks a month for to be able to play the game i understand that there's going to be some pay to use different functionality that'll be introduced such as server transfers but people should not feel the need to have to server transfer in order to get into random um, groups but rather if they want to move to be with somebody else on another queue i think that really is crappy in terms of client service when you're using that as an excuse and that again it it strikes me at least as well there's a potential to make money here so we're not going to introduce this and that's not what he's saying but that's what i'm reading into this and i hate that yeah it'll be cool being able to like uh joe and vince have characters on other on other things it'll be cool being able to play with each other on different servers but if you have to pay money to do that it's 
No, it's ridiculous. No. And then you don't get to do it. Yeah. Again, we can point to other games, other MMOs that allow it. And whether or not people are idiots, guess what? People are idiots anyway. People are queuing up now and are idiots. So you can randomly group with people by meeting them on the uh, either the um, Republic or the Imperial fleet and find out that they are idiots. It's not going to stop people from being idiots. People are idiots anyway. And there, there are very few repercussions to being an idiot on your server anyway. So... It's happening now. I I really hope that they change their mind about this. Yeah. Now, there was another PAX panel as well that occurred, and I'm going to let you tackle that one, kiddo. There was a ton of news there that we're going to go over. There is a lot of cool stuff. One of the coolest things that actually came up, though, is the talking about changing the look of your attack. So if you're playing like a Jedi Sentinel your force stasis would look like force choke. So it's actually like you're turning to the dark side if you're evil. Yeah. Okay, before we go any further, though, just so that people know, this was the uh, the panel that was with Stephen Reed, Corey Butler, uh, James Olin again, and Cameron Winston. Yeah, so, on day one and two of PAX. Yeah. So, yes, I think that's a fantastic idea as well. Just to... It'll give you a little bit more of that role play feeling. It'll immerse you more in your character. Because otherwise, again, using those Imperial abilities on a Republic character as an example is just not going to feel right. So something like this, it's a simple solution and it will make it work in that universe. And it'll be like you're actually falling to the dark side, which is awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You'll look evil and shoot evil stuff at people. <laughs> win win. There you go. There's also single player campaign story. Is there going to be more after one to level one to fifty? And they actually said that yeah, we have a whole bunch of people working on it. But some stuff this year, a lot more next year, hopefully. Actually, the way that it was worded are is, are they going to expand on the class stories from 1 to 50? Not after it, but the stuff that we are already doing from 1 to 50. So that means inserting quests into that leveling progression. So yes, I think that's fantastic because the impression I'd gotten before that was that they'd basically be sticking with what they had. And that would be that. Yeah. Another new thing is the Ilum it's like they're not working on it at all now what's really happening they're phasing out the open world of ilum until they've made a new better version so yeah they've already acknowledged that ilum has a lot of problems and so they are going to be working a lot again they'd mentioned that before and it's nice to to see just how much work they are going to be doing on ilum they again they they know they screwed up on it but they're trying to do something to fix it yeah and the next question is actually the what are they planning to do to fix it so they're trying to fix the problems first, doing like the balance faction things. Yeah, actually, let's just read what they 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 said word for word, uh, how they replied. They said, it's not a gameplay style. We uh, Hold on. 
It is not a gameplay style we don't want to do. It's just we want to make sure we can do it right. We are focusing on some of the problems that plague Ilum the first go. When we felt that we solved these problems sufficiently to deliver an excellent experience, we are going to be releasing that to you. It's not going to be very soon. It's going to come the opposite <laughs> the opposite of very soon. It turns out that MMO players are obsessed with fairness, and so we are trying to make sure open world PvP open world stuff isn't totally skewed up by faction imbalances on particular services, for example. It's a tricky problem. Is the planet of Ilum itself going to be removed from the game? No. Just dis disincentivized <laughs> good word for the PvP side for now. So again, working on it, it's going to take a bloody long time to fix it though. Yeah, weren't there even rumors that they were going to change how it looks as well? That I did not hear. Oh. All right, moving on. The next question is the cross-tracks, cross-faction transfer. And it's, they said that back in 07, they're thinking about doing it, but it would be too crazy to do. Yeah. So currently not this year. So they are still talking about the cross-server transfers, but they're not talking about cross-faction transfers. So you're basically going to be stuck with whatever characters you create. Yeah. The next one is really cool. The next two are really cool, actually. The can you ride animals like Tauntauns and Nexu? They were they said that that was our original plan, but we ended up with vehicle mounts. However, we are now looking into adding more animal mounts into the game. You will see it eventually. So you could ride around on your really cool, crazy animal thing. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really, really neat. Yeah. And next is the what about flying mounts? Freeform flying? This is a dream. You won't be seeing it this year. This is a dream, but you won't be seeing it this year. So it is something they're going to be working on, but it's just going to take a little while. Again, again, pointing back to WoW, we can see how people love collecting mounts. I know I do as well, and we've already seen it in this game, which is also why we're seeing the uh, achievements uh, system that's going to be presented in uh, 1.2 we're in by getting certain achievements you will be rewarded with mounts so they they understand that people are mount collectors and want to have a variety of mounts the flying mounts is something that wasn't introduced until quite a bit later I'm, I'm surprised that it's not being introduced earlier in this game but there's still no saying when they're gonna they're planning on putting that in so with any luck soon enough because quite frankly again it's a star wars game of course you should have flying mounts. <laughs> it's, it's a space fantasy game. Yeah. Flying around in your spaceship just above people. Would be wow. Awesome. Well, maybe not the spaceship because that's a little large, but yeah. but a flying shuttle of sorts. Yeah. All right. Any plans to add in actual new races like Wookiee Bounty Hunter or Jawa Yoda? I think they mean Jawa Jedi, but... Well, I think they're talking about class and or race and class there kind of thing. Yes, we may have some new ones as soon as this year, definitely next year. Oh, that is so <laughs> awesome. I mean new I would I would remake all my people as Jawas. The <laughs> <laughs> The thing that's interesting here is that well, obviously, they are hearing how people are excited about the 
the non-standard humanoid kind of classes, like the Wookiee, like the Jow, and things like that. When you look at it all, all the races that are out right now, they're all very humanoids, very similar in that regard. So they're hearing how people want to play other classes that are races, I should say, that are not the norm. So I like that they're hearing that and that they're working on. If it is introduced as even next year, that's still in terms of an MMO early. And I'm good with that. I think that's fantastic. And when you're looking at the benefits of uh, Legacy, regardless of if they introduce new slots, character slots, because of the benefits of Legacy when you max out a race or whatever a class, then deleting it isn't all for nothing. So even if you need to get rid of a character to make room for someone else, unless you're very, very attached to that character, it's actually not a big, big deal because, again, you're still going to get the benefits that they reaped towards Legacy. Yeah. Okay, moving on. When will we expect to see dual spec? And they actually said that's pretty soon this year. Yeah, I was hoping for sooner than that. I was hoping for 1.2 or even for them to say 1.3. Because that needs to be in the game something fierce right now. Yeah. Ability to change your advanced class is the next question. And they said not in 1.2 or 1.3 or anytime, anytime soon, actually. We have some plans about that, though. That so. yeah, Again, I'm disappointed with that. I, I really wish that they'd do it was sooner than that, but at least they are working on it. Yeah. Live events team, organic events, we are not going to announce them beforehand. They're just going to happen. We want to make it a surprise. That's cool. So there are going to be random events happening. Yeah, that's something that they touched on before. It's nice to hear that it's actually not going to be a planned quote-unquote seasonal thing where it's always the same, but just, hey, look, there's something going on here. It makes the world very much alive. Yeah. I know this is coming in 1.2 and 1.3, but I ran a huge guild with 1,000 members. That's a giant guild. When can we look forward to guild capital ships? And they actually answered it's coming soon. We want to do it right and is linked to another game system that I can't talk about right now. Which I would assume might have something to do with space combat. Space combat. Because that's one of the few things that they can't talk about. So yeah, that's interesting. That would be cool having your guild and having people man the turrets as someone's flying around. I agree. I agree. The potential to do something very, very cool is, it it makes me salivate a little. (laughs) There are so many cool things that they can do, though, with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Any plans to do in-game character appearance changes, i.e. barbershop? So that's another one of the features we want in the game, but I can't promise when it is coming. That would be nice being able to change it once you've got a really high level instead of making a new character so that it looks different. Yeah, again, this is something that we saw in other games, but like in WoW, it took some years before it showed up. But again, you would think that this would show up sooner. But anyways, it's it's nice that it will be added, yes. Yeah. Any plans in the future to take our original origin worlds and give them level 50 zones to come back and rather than expanding on new planets? And they actually answer, yes, we like it when players can see someone much higher level on the planet. 
you have a bit of them going on with your class stories, you can be the guy on the big speeder bike and good look. I would be surprised if we didn't have a bit more of this going on. We are currently looking for little places to put in stuff, maybe some secret stuff even, and so on. So, yeah, that's something that is... That's something that I liked as, as I was leveling up uh, my, my higher level characters. I like that I go back to the old planets. I like that those planets are still relevant in the story that I am playing, that I'm a part of. Uh, as an example, the Sith Inquisitor, you routinely go back to Drum and Cast, which is how it should be. Drum and Cast is a very important planet. So I like that it's not just, oh, that second planet that you, you're on and whatnot, but that it's something that you need to go keep going back to for whatever reason the um the thing with the starter planet as well you go back to the starter planet for your sith inquisitor quest line as well periodically i i would like to see even more of that and make it so that it's not just known as a starter planet but also just you know a quest hub where there's a bunch of different quests that are there for a variety of different levels yeah that would be cool going back to the starter planet once you're level 50 as well because it's Looking back at where the story started, yep. which is yeah. a really cool thing. Yep, definitely. Companions. Are you going to add more companions, secret companions, something a bit different from the norm? We've already seen that HK might be coming in soon. Yeah, that's not something that they said. That's something that we all know from the leaked files mm -hmm. that were released. Now, that was never denied or admitted to. So a lot of people are still going from those in terms of what we can expect to see within reason. So with HK 47 that or 50, that's not something that they are actually saying is definitely going to happen. They're, they're not even mentioning his name, but that's something that we saw in those leaked patch notes. Yeah. They said they actually have plans to add companions, but they don't want to put in too many because it'll you have to make a story and lore and dialogue for every single one of them. So you'd rather wait for a while to get a really cool companion rather than a few companions that don't have any story at all. Yeah. So yeah. With for look the next one is the legacy system. You can put stuff inside your ship, but anything to be on the outside of the ship to customize your look. They actually said, yeah, we have big plans, but it, they're going to get feedback from fans, forums, guild summit, and constantly rearrange the list of those things. And they say it's not really important right now to get those things. Yeah. So, oh, not surprising. Yeah, it'll be cool, but rather legacy, probably. Yeah. Any further, any future of adding last names as a friend list so you get everyone on the name rather than adding each character individually? And they say they've talked about ideas, but not too much. That would be nice instead of having to add crazy names, you would just add one. Yeah, well, it'd be nice too. It's it's just, again something very similar to what they have with uh, Real ID and WoW, where and you just put 
the the legacy name and and boom you've got everybody so that you can follow them on that server if you want to chat with them or whatever regardless of where they are so that would be very very nice yeah the last question we're going to talk about is the new races unlocked with legacy such as Voss. they said not at this time we plan to we plan to add legacy system in the future it's a good place to reward people for the devotion to the game but at the same time, adding a new race is not a trivial amount of work. I won't say never, but it's not something we can just throw in. Yeah. So they say up top that they're putting it in, then they say here that it might take a while. Well, yeah, yeah, it, it will take a while. It's just going to be something that, uh, I, again, I'm I'm not expecting it until next year. But even if it does come next year, I'm thinking that's still relatively soon in terms of an MMO. So it, it, it will be nice. Okay, moving away from the uh, the pack stuff, we are going to touch a little bit on Legacy as well. I know that a lot of people have been talking about Legacy, and we've uncovered quite a few things about it as well from a variety of websites and digging around at the videos that have been put out, some of them official, some of them from the PTS. And so we're actually going to talk about some of the things that interest us with what we've seen in Legacy right now too. And... Um, a lot of it has to do with the the races and the species and the unlocks and whatnot. So I'm going to let Tristan tackle this one, and uh, we'll quickly go through a list of what we saw that we're we're looking forward to and how it's going to work within. Again, just briefly demonstrating how it's going to work. Yeah, for Legacy, there are different tabs that come in. There are four tabs: species, Imperial Republic class tab, others, and coming soon. So species is a tab where all the species are. If you get to level 50 with a character, you can use that character on anyone. So you could have like Jedi, pureblood Sith, and Chiss smugglers and people like that. Yeah, very cool. One of the things about that too that is interesting because a lot of people have asked, well, what about humans? Because humans get to be everybody already the cool thing about being getting a human to level 50 is that you unlock all of their customizations for every single class so you will have noticed when you are making alts that the humans have different customizations based on what class they're playing. Uh, case in point, a bounty hunter can have that skull face tattoo if they want. That's what that's what mine has, which is just psychotic, but it works with a bounty hunter. But now, once I get that guy to 50, any other human that I create, I can put that skull face tattoo. So I can have a Republic smuggler or, geez, I can have a counselor, Jedi counselor, with a skull face tattoo. Might not fit, but you never know. People are different the world over, the galaxy over. There might just be a guy with a skull face tattoo that's actually Force-sensitive who's training to be a counselor. So that's what that's going to do. It's going to allow you a ton of customizable features for any human you create, which I think is fairly awesome. Yeah, but if you don't get to level 50 or don't want to and you have Legacy level 5, you can purchase it for 1.5 million credits. Yeah, see, that's the other thing, too, that we are seeing as we go through the list of what is going to be in the game and whatnot and what legacy items are going to be unlockable. And I'm a little disappointed that quite a few of the things that they talked about that would be unlocked by level are actually going to be unlocked by level 
and money. They're using legacy very much as a money sink. And while I can appreciate that to a certain degree, like the, the unlocking things early, that's awesome. But for some of the other things where you should be able to just unlock it and then it's unlocked, but that they're doing unlock plus you have to give them a crap ton of money. I think that's a lazy way of creating a money sink, in my opinion. There, There's the be better ways of doing it. Yeah, and I'm broke, so I'm not yeah. going to be able to get <laughs> any of that stuff. That's the thing, too. You In that scenario, then, it does become something where the rich are going to have the advantage over the people who are alcoholics and play a lot because you are going to need money to do some of these unlocks. And it's not just about unlocking it early. It's just point blank unlocking it is going to require a lot of money. I'm very much against that. I would like the reward that if I actually play enough, have that legacy level high enough because I am playing a lot, it shouldn't be about how much money I have. Okay, moving on. The next, the next tab is the Imperial Republic Classes tab. It's where you get the cool heroic abilities and... And... Emotion and class buff, which yeah, are yeah. There's there's a whole list of them. That's going to be linked in the uh, show notes for anybody who wants to go over it. Because again, as was uh, said before, and you, most people probably are, already know this, then you're going to get the different buff and the different um, legacy. Um, Heroic ability. Heroic ability, yes, thank and you. And emotion. And emotions per race, or sorry, per class. So that's going to be showing in that panel and you'll be able to, to get to all. So like as an example, your bounty hunter, there's the bounty hunter emote that you unlock and then there's the hunter's boon buff that you unlock and then the legacy flamethrower that you unlock at various points. So all of those are listed in those panels. Which is awesome cool stuff that you could get oh yeah see it, it will encourage people definitely to play their alts level them to 50 so that they can actually get all of these because then any new characters you create are just going to have a blast with these abilities yeah you could be like the force sensitive smuggler character yep. shooting lightning out of the sky <laughs> and kicking people which is awesome yeah I think so alright moving on Next thing is the Others tab, which has five categories. Alignment, convenience, ship unlocks, which all cost money. Valor and social. With alliance, you have three legacies. The legacy of sacrifice, unity, and equilibrium. Equilibrium? Crazy word. But... Legacy of Sacrifice, you actually sacrifice your companions to heal yourself, which you can get that for your character has actually. Level 50, yeah, level 50 and dark 5 to unlock. So, yeah. yeah. Then the Legacy of Unity is reduced damage for you and your companion for their short time. You need to be light 5 and 50. That's, or That's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah i don't think any of us are gonna have that i have some light characters just not a lot no. your good guy is evil you're like your one jedi sentinel is evil yes but he's now. a fallen jedi that's the whole point yeah, I, but I your need Sith to... are evil Sith too, and your, <laughs> your I evil. I have one, no, my smuggler's kind of middle of the road. 
my smuggler follows the the Captain Mal mentality of if he tried to kill me first, I'm gonna kill him. So that's that's he's he's gray. So and even my my new female smuggler is gray as well. But my I he have I have my light side Imperial agent. One. One nice character. Hey, Mister, you don't have that many yourself. <laughs> You're in no position to be mocking the old man about this. <laughs> I've got three. Yeah. All right. Fine. Move on. Almost move out. on. Move on. Okay. <laughs> the next one is increases the damage healing done by you and your companion for a short duration. So you need to have neutral, so not light five or dark five, and level fifty to unlock. See, that's the one that's going to be difficult for most people because most people are either light or dark. Um, but at least they're they're making it so that, well, at least from what we're seeing here, not light five or dark five. I would assume as long as you're lower than that on either side, I'm guessing they're going to consider that as neutral. So that's going to work in some people's favors. Yeah, or you could purchase any one of them for 250,000 credits. If you have, le- you have- legacy level 10, yeah. So again, that I don't mind when it's a, you can either have this or purchase it. That's fine. And 250 is not that bad, actually. So that's... I would buy the sacrifice one. I I would buy whichever one I can't do. Well, so with the light side (laughs) so that I can, uh, I can have those as well. Yeah. You can get the sacrifice thing and just keep on using on Corso. (laughs) Just drain all his health. All right. Let's move on to convenience stuff. Yeah convenience you have legacy fleet pass one to three which cools down the amount of time you have for legacy for the fleet pass to work so instead of being 24 hours it'll be 23 hours then 22 hours then 21 hours and you could bring it down and down and down but this is one of the ones that requires credits you're buying, yeah. You're buying this. If you are buying all three ranks of it, you're looking at six hundred thousand. Yeah. Plus, you need legacy level five, or five, ten, and then fifteen. So, that's that's a lot. A lot of people still aren't that high in their legacy levels. Case in point, on our imperial, I was checking because I'd forgotten my legacy level is not even fifteen yet. It's fourteen and three quarters, so I'll be digging fifteen soon. It takes a while to get up to legacy, a higher legacy level, and that's fine. I don't mind that. It's when they start introducing the money sinks that I have a problem. But anyways, enough complaining about that. So that we got that, and then we got the legacy quick travel as well, which is the same thing, yeah. just instead of hours, it's minutes. Yeah. Then we got rocket boost. Which or jetpack is, boost with the bounty hunter. Yeah, huge money sink. This is where you're looking at your huge money sink. And this is where you're going to be seeing the people who in PvP are going to have a distinct advantage if they are rich. Because you're looking at 2 million credits and Legacy 8 to unlock. And that's only for the first thing. You can yeah. also get bonus rocket boosts, which make it last longer and go faster. Yeah, this is where we're going to see a very unfair advantage for people who have tons of money and and that especially in PvP. They're trying to introduce so much PvP balance and yet this is going to completely skew that unless they don't allow it, which I highly doubt. So, okay, moving on to the ship unlocks. Yeah, ship unlocks. There's the repair droid, 1 million credits and legacy level 7. Repair ship mailbox, 5... 
500,000 in late. Well, it's not a repair. In. It's just a ship mailbox. Yeah, it's mixed up repair droid and ship mailbox. <laughs> but operations training dummy and war zone training dummy, they both cost 500,000 and legacy level 10. Then galactic market kiosk, 5 million and legacy level 25 to unlock. Yeah. See, wow. I'm not crazy about them charging credits for it, but that one I don't mind as much because it's a convenience factor. It's not where it's improving your character per se. It's it's a convenience thing. I have less of a problem with a money sink for convenience than something like, again, the Rocket Boost, which is going to have a direct impact in your performance in PvP. So if it's allowed in PvP, again, I'll, I keep saying that because I don't know if they'll allow it, but... I can't imagine they wouldn't allow it. So, but uh, those are all awesome. Those are, oh my God. I, although the training dummies, I'm not as crazy. I don't care about that. It doesn't really matter. I can appreciate that it's so that you can make sure you have the best stats and you're checking your combat logs to see how, and parsing the combat logs to see how much DPS you're doing so that you have the best. That's great, but not, you know, required for me. But the ship mailbox, the repair droid, and the even the, the, the galactic market kiosk, whoo. That would be phenomenal, and I'd be much more apt to use the GTN than I am now. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Valor. The, Valor is actually one of my favorite <laughs> ones. But it's just silly punching stuff that means nothing. I'm so excited for it, though. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. Got, You'll be got... able to punch, jab, and uppercut. And bash. And where's bash? I don't see bash on that yeah, list. Bash okay. is the final one. Ah, you okay. hit people. Well... I, it's funny. I can't imagine I'll ever use it. Although I know for a fact that once you unlock it, whenever we're questing together, I'm going to get bash punched and uppercut. No, you can't just hit people at random. You have to duel. Ah, well then it ain't going to happen, kiddo. No. I'm going to be hitting <laughs> bash punching and uppercutting the enemies though. God. I've yeah, already, but... <laughs> yeah, I've already done that for my bounty hunter. You unequip the gun then you just run in and hit people and use your spells. All right. Well, I'll continue to use my weapons, as was meant to be. Okay, let's move on to social. social uh, something is I know that you're also looking forward to. Not as much, but still awesome. The companion dance, which you dance with your companion. I would like to see that with your ship droid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you'll be able to. That one's going to require social two to unlock. Yeah. Uh, and again, another one where you're going to have to purchase it with X amount of credits. They don't say exactly no. how much. Or Oh, yeah, it. that one's an or. Sorry, my mistake. Oh, and that would suck. Yeah. Well, again, that's not required. So I'm less disgusted with that if they charge than with the other abilities that have an impact on gameplay. But and still, then, it's a fun little thing to do. Yeah, well. Yeah. And then tech emotes, tool emotes, and double double laser laser emote. Don't know what that is. It's All really right. awesome. Oh, let's just assume. And then the coming soon tab, which they are reserving for information about uh, for features in Legacy 1.3. So that's uh, it's interesting because some of the things that they've already said for 1.2, it sounded very much like it was going to be in 1. Point, or sorry. Some of the things they're talking about with 1.3 sounded very much like they were going to be implementing a 1.2 that aren't going to be in there. So this is 
you were saying it's got four categories as well for that one? Yep. There's the Flashpoint space and Warzone experience, which makes you get more experience from doing stuff in those that sort of way. And that's the one, too, that it sounded very much like they were going to be putting that in 1.2. So I'm disappointed that we're going to have to wait until 1.3 for that. Yeah, the next time is Companion with the Legacy of Altruism. 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 Persuasion, Crafting, and Leisure Leadership. Altruism is you get more affection from giving your companions gifts. Persuasion is more affection gained from conversation options. Crafting is sort of self-explanatory. It makes the crit chance better while crafting. Then leadership is companions sell junk faster. Because a minute takes too long? Come on. <laughs> it doesn't no, take I long. I never as it send is. them out. Oh, I do. But anyways, um, that's going to be very handy for getting through your the the stories for those companions because it does take a while otherwise to get through the stories you have to really put a lot of effort into it so this is going to help that because you need to get those stories updated so that you can get those bonuses as well from doing that so that a lot be of money too yeah okay and then there's a travel tab as well which it has celerity one and two which make you makes you sprint faster which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Then speeder license is get your speeder license at level 10, which is going to be really nice as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's probably going to cost a lot still, though. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. And I would think so, though, yes. And then convenience category where we're going to have a repair droid to repair it in the field, a primary medvac, which is going to uh, increase health after dying and respawning at a med center, a field respec, which is going to allow you to respec on the field with du dual spec coming soon, they said. That's awesome. huge. And then the portable mailbox, so you can check your mailbox from anywhere you want, which, ah. Oh, that can't come soon enough. <laughs> really? Mailboxes oh. are everywhere. Not, no, they're not. No, they're not. I need to be able to empty or mail out stuff wherever I am. It's freaking Star Wars. I should be able to do that anywhere I want or check my email. Definitely. Like teleport stuff around. Yes. And then the family tree is the final part of the legacy with the ability to create how your alts are connected to each other, blah, blah, blah. So they're just going to be refining that. So that's... That's uh, It's going to be nice to see them do even more than what we saw in 1.2 videos for, for the family tree because we need to be able to incorporate our companions into our family tree as well in some cases, especially when you yeah. marry your companion. Yeah. Then the final thing is the legacy vendors that spell, sell a special bind on legacy items that you could get with legacy tokens you find out in the world. Yeah, definitely going to be something that's going to be fun to be discovering and working towards those. It's going to give people a goal. We also got some information in terms of the UI interface and how they are custom allowing the customizations and whatnot. There's a couple of links in the show notes that folks are going to want to look at if they want some uh, some more information and see how it's going to work. I'm not going to go too much into detail because it's quite visual. You need to be able to see how they're doing it, but very very cool you're going to be able to change again the the size of it in terms of the proportions you're going to be able to move things around 
damn near everything where you want it. It's set up to allow you to see what is there by default. You can see what is there when it's activated by something as well as things that you have hidden, but that you can choose to move anyway so that you, you might want to move it somewhere else and then be able to see it. And you could also change the amount of columns and bars oh, on yeah, it as yeah. well. So instead <sighs> of one line, you could have three or four. Oh, that's going to be phenomenal because I, like many people, hate having the bars on the side, the quick slots. It's 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 too far away. I want everything, boom, right where I can access it. Now, the beauty of this as well is that it's going to allow you, of course, to save the files. They're saved as XML files. And then from there, you can, with literally a couple of clicks, import that setting for all of your characters. None of this having to change it around for each one. No, click it, set it to this character, the same as that, boom, and then it's set. Plus, you'll be able to actually export the file and just download other ones from other people who've made them or if you make your own and you want to share it with a friend or whatever, send them the XML file, they slap it in their, their Star Wars folder, and boom, they have access to it as well. That is going to be absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait for that. So uh, what else did we have here? We had a bit of PvP. Yeah, the PvP stuff right now we're looking at again is the Novera Coast. I don't want us to talk too much about that until we actually get a chance to play it. Uh, again, you're looking at something that you want to see the go look at the videos it's very visual you need to see what's going on to understand it we did get some information as well about the new battle master and war hero armor as well as the pve armor and as is pretty much the consensus they're terrible bioware needs to hire designers for their outfits because they are absolutely these are supposed to be the you're supposed to work your hardest to try to attain this and they are absolutely terrible 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 some of them look like their shoulder pads are like can openers <laughs> we got all, they're trying the to Sith warrior hard. can kill you if they hit you with their head, head hard it's it's absolutely terrible i yeah. i'm so disgusted in them uh, again i'm very happy that they're going to allow us to remove the uh, the mods and whatnot from those and you can slap them in other orange sets because Wow, I'm absolutely disgusted with all but just a couple of them. It's funny because the, the Jedi Counselor one is one of the few that I don't mind, but it's the very, very simple one. And people are saying, like, it's not epic, it's simple as all hell, and it does to a certain degree look a little ridiculous with those freaking MC Hammer pants, but it's at least not the wild craziness that we see in almost all the other ones. The I mean, Trooper looks sort of cool as Again, well. that's the only other one. The Trooper one, I like. It's not bad, especially if you're a female Trooper because it looks like you're wearing a skirt. It's not bad. The orange one looks good, but the others? I mean, the Smuggler before had the fancy nice trench coat and hat. Just looked cool as hell. Now? Oh my god, it looks ridiculous. The Bounty Hunter, another one that has traditionally really cool looking armor. Ridiculous. So, I, ah. Uh, ah, uh, bah. 
Um, okay, so what else are we looking at here? Um, a little news to drop to again, 1.2, obviously. We got the news about the VIP Tauntaun that you'll be able to get as a mini pet. So if you have the collector's edition or if you've paid the money to buy the bracelet so you can go up to the collector's edition upper level of your fleet, you can, uh, you'll can you be able to pick up the uh, Tonta, they call him. And uh, although he does not come cheap. I can't remember the price exact, but I remember it was high I enough. I think 2000 or 20000 no, no, I think he was more than that. 200,000? I think it might be that, but I, I'm not positive. It was a hell of a lot. Put it that way. For a little tiny. Yes, definitely. Okay, we're actually going to move on to... Hello, you've reached a quest line. How may I direct your call? And for this one, actually, we're going to go to Tristan, who's been working on his trooper quite a bit. And you had one of the, uh, the quests there that you really enjoyed a lot. So I'll let you take it away. It's a really cool quest called Public Relations. And in the aftermath of your operation on Coruscant, the location of one of the Havoc traders has been uncovered. Wraith, the former Havoc infiltrator expert, has kidnapped a public senator named Krasul and taken him to a remote space station called Port Rega. General Garza has ordered you to rescue Sander Krasul and capture or kill Wraith at any cost. Use your starship to travel to Port Rega and meet up with Sergeant Jaxo for more detailed briefing. That's what it says in the starting. And having had your entire team been traitors, you have to catch them all one by one. Wraith being the first. So you start, the mission starts on your ship with a conversation with General Garza where she tells you, that the Republic Sander Krasul has been kidnapped by Wraith, you, uh, your used-to-be ally, and is holding him on Port Rega. After entering Port Rega, you find Jaxo, who explains that Republic Sander Krasul has been kidnapped by Wraith again, and that they're in the port, but that you're going in solo and no backup is going in in case of trouble. In Port Rega, you kill some traitors before finding the rock. Public Sander Kressel, where he's actually strapped to a bomb that you need to defuse to help him. He's telling you how you need to defuse the bomb and ordering you to defuse the bomb, but if you do, Wrath Wraith will know immediately that you're there and escape. And General Garza did tell you to capture or kill Wraith at any cost. You let so somebody else die, didn't you? Leaving the sander <laughs> in the bomb chair. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> yeah, leaving the sander in the bomb chair, you head out to find Wraith. And once you find her, she looks at the screen where Chrysal is and detonates the explosions blowing up the sander. Which was the light side choice? Help him. I thought your trooper was a good guy. And you Wraith. making fun of me earlier that I don't have any light side choice characters and your light side trooper let a senator get blown good to bits. Wow. I am disappointed. And he's one of my normal characters. <laughs> I still have three other good guys. All right. Keep going. <laughs> 
but after blowing up the sander, she asked for any last words before shooting at you. So after you fight her and after a lot of running and hiding, I won. You leave to your ship where you talk to General Garza and she tells you that you're walking a fine line, sacrificing a senator to capture Wraith. And that's where the quest ends. Again, the trooper storyline is awesome. I want to say I want to say probably Second. I would say probably even the strongest. I think that the trooper quest line from what I've experienced so far from all of them probably the strongest one with the smuggler right behind it. The the smuggler quest line has had its moments where it is unbelievably awesome, what but about it, the imperial agent as well. No, no, I'm talking about republic only. Oh. Uh, republic only, I think that it is it is far better. I've played the counselor now up to the end of class or act one and into act two and i my my jedi knight though is still low level he only just finished coruscant the class quest line i found was fairly weak and yet when you look at the trooper the class storyline for the trooper right from the beginning following it through to the end of coruscant at least is very powerful very very good lots of intrigue and and i really absolutely love it it's like you say in the science that really military thriller thing where your entire team has gone rogue and you have to track down the people that you used to know and take out your friends yeah yeah it is i hope that in the end there's a chance that they're like why don't you join us and I'll be like, yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Convince me. With that, we're actually going to call it a wrap. The show notes, of course, are on thedroidcast.com. Check them out. And if you need to reach us on Twitter, we are at thedroidcast. And with that, we will see you guys eh, maybe next week. Take care. Hopefully. <laughs>